Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So... It really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too, and the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to y'all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. 
I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hey, Anxiety Chick listeners. Um, Alice and I are here to talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a while now. Uh, After we have both used the relief band, we thought it was time to let you guys know about it. Um, The relief band is really cool if you struggle with anxiety as a symptom of your, did I say anxiety? If you struggle with nausea as a symptom of your anxiety. So Allison, uh, you use this, I think for a car ride though, right? Yes. So we love this product because I always, okay. So in the car, I get car sick, but mostly as a passenger, that's why I think I love driving all the time. And I, we we were driving to Florida like last year and we were in a car where someone had to drive. I don't know. I wasn't driving. We rented a car or something and my, my name wasn't on it or something. I don't know. And I woke up so nauseous and I remember thinking I'm I'm kind of scared when I get into cars now because as a passenger because I know I'm going to get nauseous and I knew I had this and I hadn't used it yet though really anywhere and I literally kept it on the entire ride and it was incredible I didn't there's nothing I didn't get nauseous at all I it was so great I think I mean, you, I want you to talk a little bit about how it works, but you know, like the vibrations and stuff, it just like helps so much. And there's something about when it's placed on the, that part of your, that part of your wrist, like there's science behind that part of your wrist and how it's like kind of like an acupressure point, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, like yeah. The, sends signals uh, to your brain to like relieve nausea. Anyway, right, I love yeah, it. So it- <laughs> I know when you first got it sent to you, were you just kind of like, how can a bracelet help with my nausea? Like, it's just, it seems like what, like gimmicky, but then it's actually patent. So they have a patent behind it and it's FDA cleared. And basically, you know, you can get nausea from so many things. I mean, even like hangovers, people use these things, but it's just this little bracelet kind of looks like a Fitbit and you just put it on and on the like side, it has these little sensors that go on your wrist. I think it's like the P6 nerve. And it sends the signal, the pulses. So it's like, a, like you said, a little vibration feeling, nothing mm-hmm. scary. And it sends that to the nerves in your brain. And it kind of said, it goes to that part that causes the nausea. And it just kind of turns things off is how they like say it. And it really does. Like I know so many people who get sick or, or get nausea from anxiety. And it's just so effective. So discreet too. Like it's not going in your body. And if you're scared of taking like medicine, uh, I think it's such a great resource. And I love that it's FDA cleared. Like that's really big for me. No, I love that too. You know what? I almost um, was thinking about it because I also get, surprise, very seasick. And so I always used to get those like wrist, those wrist, um, they look like Oh my gosh, like workout, I, I know what you're talking workout about. Yeah. bracelets yeah. with the little thing on your wrist. And I I ordered them a lot for when I would go out on boats and stuff. And this is like that times a hundred. Yes. Like and, this and is – go ahead. No, I, I know what you mean. And they just came out with a sport one too. And I think it's uh, – I, I believe this one's waterproof. It might not be, but their sport one is waterproof. I saw it on their website. So cool. I mean, they have like six bands now. 
like different ones. So it's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I need a new one. <laughs> highly, highly recommended the relief band 100%. Um, I use it now too, just sometimes when I am having like IBS symptoms too, because I get yeah. nauseous with that when, and of course my IBS is very connected to my anxiety. So I'll just wear it like around where, what I'm doing throughout the day. If I feel like my symptoms kind of start getting worse. Um, yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, you can check out their Instagram uh, at Relief Band. Super cool. Alice and I both use it and we're huge advocates of things that are also like, I would say this is holistic because you're not totally. having to take something every day and yeah. it just, it, it's effective. I love yeah. that. I love how technology's come such a far away. So yep. awesome. It's, it's, one, it's one part of my anxiety healing toolkit. Definitely. <laughs> it's here, one yeah. tangible item that is in my toolkit for sure. So yeah. get yours for sure. Awesome, guys. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be back again this week with you all. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you to everyone who has purchased a copy of the Anxiety Healer's Guide. I've gotten such great feedback um, so far, and I'm so excited um, that Everyone that's been reading it has been feeling like just it's helping their healing and they're creating their toolkit and they're practicing um, the tools and the techniques that I offer in the book. And they're really just getting a better sense of what kinds of strategies and which kind of tools really help them heal their anxiety. So I'm just so excited. So thank you. And if you um, are interested in purchasing it or learning more about it, just go to the show notes. Um, you can check it out. I was so excited. I wanted to tell you this. And I'm not sure you might have seen it on my stories, but I Amazon basically, my book was the, one of the number one new releases. It was like the number one new release for like a little while. I don't know if it's still in that category now, but still I was so excited that oh it was gosh. the number one new release in phobias and anxieties books. And there was like oh, a bunch wow. of books that came out. And um yeah, it was just really exciting to see that. So you can see there's um, some reviews and stuff already and people seem to be loving it. So definitely check it out. And if you guys have any questions about the book, I've been posting more reels and um, more pictures and everything about, you know, what it looks like and having sharing some of the sneak peeks of the exercises and the pages on my Instagram so you can see them there. But if you have any questions about the book, definitely DM me and I will share any insight with you that I have. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited because I'm finally able to share it with my clients too in my private practice and actually use the book with my clients. So, um, and the giveaway was great. I'm sending those books to some of the winners that, um, you know, play, did the giveaway on my Instagram. So it was just been exciting. I went to a book signing the other day. It's just such a crazy experience. <laughs> like now that the book is out, being able to just like tell everyone about it. But I did want to start off by saying just thank you to everyone. Um, so that was the first exciting piece of news for me. Um, and then I did get – well, how are you doing, Taylor? Good. Just, like, just <laughs> no, you you're kind good. of filled us in last week about your neurofeedback and everything. Yeah, I feel like yeah. how's, everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. Doing doing pretty good. Just good. Slept horrible last night. <laughs> good. I know. 
<laughs> Me and T Taylor and I were actually just talking about how horrible we've been sleeping. Um, and I think we're going to do an episode on sleep anxiety and like insomnia at some point. So stay tuned for that. Um, so anyway, so okay, I'll, I'll keep going then because I got a couple DMs from people asking me to update you guys on my relationship since I have been so open with it for, for a long time and I've realized I hadn't talked about it in a while. So I'll just briefly go over an update and then we'll move on to our topic today, which has been requested a lot of times and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, so things are good. I'm going to be with my boyfriend. Uh, coming up on a year in May. Oh, in a year? Which is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, now oh our gosh. relationship has moved very slow. So, <laughs> you know, there's – I obviously, everyone's relationship is different. Um, but it doesn't like seem – it's like it's been a year. Maybe it's gone by fast. Who knows? But it doesn't seem like we've been together that long. I don't know what that even means. You know, people people maybe that have been together, you know, even longer, five years might be like, it doesn't seem like five years. So I don't know. Maybe that's a good sign. Who knows? But it's going well. You know, I'm still having – I struggle with attachment anxiety. You know, I struggle with um, still him and I obviously get into like little arguments sometimes. And I still struggle with not ruminating for the next four days on the in the entire conversation and thinking that, you know, he's going to break up with me and that that one, you know, um, conversation we had, the heat, like a heated discussion or something is going to actually, you know, is proof that we need to break up or that it's like a, like I catastrophize it, that it's like the worst thing in the world that we're having these, you know. And it's not even like they're fights. We just kind of disagree on things sometimes, and we're both so stubborn. We're very have we both have very strong convictions. Mm -hmm. So and and so the important thing is is that I recognize that in the moments of after those kind of like quote unquote fights, that I need to really work on self soothing and like regulating myself because. I do still have a very big fear of abandonment and that like he's – I'm going to be too much for him and he's going to break up with me. Oh, my God. This is the one that's going to make him leave. You know, like I was – this is – he just can't do it anymore. You know, this is all the stuff that goes through my mind that like I won't be enough for him and all this stuff. And so I still struggle with that. It's not as intense as it was in the beginning of our relationship because we do have fairly good communication. So after we have some of these talks, we cool off a little bit and then we actually do talk to each other about certain things. And a lot of times when we have certain talks, we don't – There's, it's actually – we don't. it's not like we disagree on things. It's just harder for each of us to step back and listen. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty good listener, but sometimes when I have really strong opinions about something, I can be even very – just like not aggressive, but just, you know, why don't you agree with me? You know, this is what it's supposed to, like, this is what it is. Like, look at it a different way. Can't you look at it this way? And he does, like, he's very open-minded, but at the same time, I sometimes just being who I am as a therapist, ask very invasive questions sometimes. And I say invasive, that's negative, but I do, I go I sometimes ask very deep questions to people, which I think is not a, a bad thing, but sometimes timing for people is not 
sometimes like he doesn't want to talk about deep things basically. Like if we're out and we're like doing something fun and like he had a really long week, he doesn't want to like talk about deep things at that moment. And I'm like already to just talk about, you know, my everything so like spiritually and deep all the time. Um, And he just isn't like that all the time. So it's sort of like trying to figure out it's kind of like we're dan- we do a dance or something you know like my therapist talks about how we need to kind of have some give and take and so we've just both really been working on trying to communicate better with each other and be more patient with each other and so we're working on things nothing is perfect but as long as i feel like as long as i feel comfortable that he's actually trying then I, and I know I want to try too. Like we both really want to try. Then I feel like that's really positive. Right, right. You know, it, so is he still an hour or so away? Yes. So okay. we we are still um, kind of long distance, I guess you could right. say. Right. It's like an hour. We have been able to see each other more because I met his son. So. I spend time with his son now and I've hung out with him a handful of times now. And yesterday we had such a nice day. We we just went and did something all together out and they came over, you know, towards my, where I live. And his son is so, oh my gosh, he's like just the cutest, sweetest kid. And um, so I think we're, we're, you know, so I think that's progress. I think it's nice to see that we're, that his son's comfortable with me. I'm sure he's very happy that that's important to him obviously being a dad um we haven't really talked about future stuff too much yeah that's what i was gonna ask like who's gonna budge on the move so (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be at some point soon because i'm working on it with my therapist um and she actually told me that she wants me to write a letter but not to like give directly to him. She just wants me to write a letter about what I would say to him or like how I would, how I like what I have in my mind. And then we're going to like process it together and kind of think about how I could bring something up because I don't know. He's. Does he work in a facility? The what? Does he work like at a facility? No, he he works. No, he works from home. Okay. So you both work from home. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, if he, if he works somewhere, I mean, like, you know. Well, well, his office, he has an office and it's literally 10 feet from where I live. Oh. <laughs> yeah. His office is literally right next to my apartment in Conshohocken. And, and he goes but, there daily? No, no, no. He works from home. But every now and then his boss and then will come into the office and they'll have like an, a, a, you know, team meeting every, once a month or something. Yeah. You know? Who knows? How old but, is his kid? He's going to be four in June. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking like, you know, if older, it's hard to pull them out of school, but four, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a conversation basically and something right that, now you, you see him how often? Like two to three times a week. Yeah. So. Because um, at some point you got, you have to like see like, okay, what is life like? you know, seeing you daily, like, what would we look like? Like, how would we be, you know, like, it's, it's such a different thing when you yeah. like, live with someone. 
Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> well, also the other thing, like we have had weekends where we've spent together. Like we've been together like three to four days before. And um, yes, definitely not the same as living together, but like we've done that and it's been really nice actually. Um, but yes, there's definitely lots of questions in my mind. And um, even even just, you know, where do you, what kind of place do you imagine? Like what kind of area do you see yeah. yourself? And um, you know, there is going to be a factor of his kid, right? Like where is he yeah. going to go to school? Right. Like, and how, right. where's where the do mom you, there? She's in Pennsylvania actually, which is good because I'm not moving to New Jersey. Like my work and my license and everything is Pennsylvania, which I've told him from like date two. Oh, he's in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you're that close to like you're in New Jersey and then you're in Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. New Jersey and Pennsylvania are basically like South Jersey and Philadelphia are basically like the same thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many people live in South Jersey and they take and they work in Philly. It's, it's very close. Yeah. I remember when I lived in the city, I used to go to Cherry Hill Mall, which is in Jersey. It was 10 minutes away. It was closer ten to closer mall to me when I lived in the city than like another mall that was closer oh, to wow. where I grew up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, because yeah, you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. But so the, she's like downtown Pennsylvania? How big's Pennsylvania? Gosh, I don't know. Oh, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Um like and how many I, hours in a car could you go to? Okay, like so quarter? like so like Philadelphia is the southern, you know, eastern part of Pennsylvania. And then Pittsburgh is basically the other biggest city. And that's like northern Pennsylvania and more on the west side. And it takes like eight hours to get to Pittsburgh. Okay. That's pretty big. So yeah. Um, but New Jersey, that's why. It takes longer to get to Pittsburgh than it does to get to like the Jersey Shore, which is yeah. where I go. You know, like Jersey. So South Jersey and Philly are very connected people yeah um anyway we digress so without taking up too much time about this i just wanted to update you guys i'll keep you posted um you know i think in thinking about having this conversation with him maybe a, a month or two a couple months ago i would have felt very very scared like i was just really scared and pretty sure that like you know we weren't going to have the same vision and like we weren't going to work out and it's just feeling really negative because of how different our lifestyles kind of are but they're not really that different like I, as we spend more time together i think knowing that we both really want to work this out like work like be yeah. together that i think we will i think eventually we both compromise pretty well. That's what I'll say. That's what I was going to say. Like if he if he really wants to make it work and you really want to make it work, then the move will be easy and it will just be kind of seamless because it'll be like we want to be together more. So like how can we make this work? Like I feel yeah. like it wouldn't even be like a scary conversation to have. It might feel scary in your brain, but when you have it with him, like he's going to be like, "Yeah, like I want to I want to see you every day. Like I want to be with you." Yeah. Yeah. And I it's I think there's no doubt that we want to like hang out more, but it's just our lifestyles don't allow us to, especially with yeah. his, with his child, you know, and the way he has his kid, it just, and how young the child is, it takes up, yeah. you know, that, that age, you can't Pretty even young, stop. Yeah. You have to keep watching. You have to watch them. Yeah. All the time, yeah. You know, like you can't, you have to just be 
alert all the time around a kid that age. Um, but yeah, so I think it's going to be okay. And like, even, I don't know, I, I've, you know, we just have to talk about it, but even like we've considered not moving in together yet and maybe just like moving closer to each other somehow, um, which would make it like so nice. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys fisted. See what happens for right now. That's really the update. I hope that answered your questions. If you guys have other questions about it, you can you can DM me. But for right now, I feel like things are pretty status quo. And that's kind of what – when you struggle with anxiety, you love the status quo because that means there's no like – you just don't want any surprises. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So why don't we get into our topic? Is there anything that you wanted to fill anyone in on? I know we I just No, let's let's hop okay. into the topic. Okay. Good. Okay. So, I'm excited we're talking about anticipatory anxiety. Try and say that 3 times fast. <laughs> yeah. Anticipatory anxiety. Anticipatory anxiety. Okay. So without me like reading the definition yet or anything, I'm curious, what do you, when you hear that, what do you think of? Like, When what I hear that? that, I see me beginning to get ready at like 1 p.m. when I don't have to be somewhere at 7 because I want to make sure that I make it on time and then I'll probably get there early as well just to be like on time. I, I, I mean, my, my husband, he's so just like, he lived, like he'll like enjoy his day before an event and then just go. But like, I feel like when I have an event at night, that whole day is spent like focused on the event. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like getting ready, like making sure. Making sure everything's right. Like what yeah. if there was a situation, like the dress broke or something, you know, there's no oh, yeah, room for yeah. that. So I got to like get it all done in the beginning so that that doesn't happen. So do you know when I have that so much? Well, so wait, first let me go. You're right. Like that is that is actually a very good kind of example about it. Let me just tell you sort of the definition from um I a definition I saw that I actually really like. This is from anxietycanada.com. Um sorry. I have a little cold. You guys. Just like sniffling into the mic. Sorry about that. Um okay. So it says anticipatory anxiety is the fear and dread you experience before the event. It's what it's what's at play when you spend weeks dreading the results of a medical appointment, yet the news is mild and manageable. So that's like an example. Okay. So that's a good example, but do you so this is what I was going to say was mine. If I have to fly. Oh, yeah. Like if I oh have my to gosh. travel. Go, go watch my travel anxiety highlight. It's yes, all anticipatory anxiety, anticipatory anxiety. The whole thing is like it's happening tomorrow. Like, And it's like a week ahead already thinking about it. And then at 4 a.m. the night before I can't sleep, I'm wide awake. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Dreading it. And, I, and I'm really working on that. But yeah. Me too. Me too. And I know. And you've you've actually our episode about fear of flying or the flight episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a good episode. If you guys you struggle with anticipatory anxiety with flying or like fear of flying, it's yeah, a great episode. Go listen to that. But yes, so that is a huge one for me. When I learned about anticipatory anxiety and I was reading about it, I'm like, this is totally me. I start thinking about 
flying. Mm-hmm. Like when I book a f- ticket, when I actually decide I'm going to maybe go somewhere. Yeah. You're like, start oh, thinking that's two it. months away. Okay. I have time to like work on my anxiety before. Then. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm just like, okay, well, what am I going to do? What time do yeah. I need to get there? What happens if I panic? What? Like, how will I calm myself down? Yes. What will- these, are, these are all the items I know I'm going to need in order not to have like a panic attack. And yeah. I know I'm going to have to get there like early just to like meditate while I'm waiting. You haven't flown yet. No. Since the pandemic. So that's another layer now for me. Yeah. Is, you know, being around a lot of people. Like even yesterday, we went to – this is sort of a tangent. Not going to go off on a COVID tangent again, you guys. But yesterday, we were in Ikea and, oh my gosh, I I literally – because every you touch everything in Ikea. You know what Ikea mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember at one point, I touched something and then I went to like um, wipe my nose or I did something and it came back to me. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just wiped my nose or oh my gosh, I just put my hand on whatever. I still and, put my mask on in crowded situations. Oh no, so do I. But like I, I had to I, – I was – I needed to itch or just wipe something. I don't know. I just yeah. was like doing something and it just came back to me. <laughs> I, no, I know. Yeah. And it's I've still got to – I know and I still – I'm like, okay, when are my antibodies up? I know. I keep thinking. You I'm know? Like, I know. When do, I, when do I get my booster? Okay, anyway. So <laughs> – the flying thing is huge for me, um, and I just know that I have to, you know, even like thinking about the flying thing, you know, and this is part of anticipatory anxiety because a lot of times people that when you think of a certain event and you've already had either a panic attack or you have had a lot of anxiety in that specific event, then you're definitely going to start becoming more anxious already just even about thinking about it because especially if you've had a panic attack somewhere before it's going to be like so hard for you to go back and do that thing right you know and i know i posted something i posted a reel um about this and it was a basically i went to a baseball game you know, like professional, the Phillies are my, you know, biggest team. I love the Phillies and their baseball. And so I remember getting so anxious. Like I, I kind of had a panic attack. It wasn't like a horrible one, but a couple of years ago when I was there and I think it was really hot out or something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being so scared to go back because when you're in a stadium, there's so many people I want I always want to know where the bathrooms are. <laughs> and they're not always close to your seats. And sometimes it can be really hot in the summer when baseball, right? And that the sweating kind of like gives me anxiety. And I just it was really really hard to go back. I was so scared to go back and wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to and I guess it was like two or three years later was the first time I actually went back after I had this like episode. And I remember thinking, I told who I was going with about it and they really helped a lot. And they said, listen, even if, even if it's a, even if we have to go, it's fine. We can, we can leave. We don't need to stay. And I'm just like, okay, that's true. I'm like, but you know what? And then in my mind, I literally started rewriting the narrative in my mind. If you know what that means, like rewriting the story in my mind. And I was like, Okay, 
It's a different day. I love Phillies games. Like I love going to sports games. That happened once. I've been to like a million games before and that happened once. And I think it was because it was really hot. It's not that hot today, whatever. And I was just like, I actually really have fun. Like, why am I so nervous? I What if I just have fun today? Like, yeah. and it's okay if I don't, you know, if I start getting nervous, I can, you know, whatever I need to do. And I basically had a great time. Like, mm-hmm. it's so weird how your brain works. I just really, and I think with anticipatory anxiety, this is some feedback I was getting from that reel, is that rewriting that narrative before the event like sort of reframing the story in your mind of thinking like, oh, if you went to this party before and it was so, you know, all these things happened and you got so anxious at this party because of this. But then you kind of reframe it and you're like, okay, well, this is a different situation. So and so and so is going to be there. I know I have these tools and I can do this if, you know, I start to get kind of nervous, but this is a different situation and maybe all of these good things could happen. Like Maybe I could have fun doing this and this. You know, like all of those other things maybe aren't as scary as I think they are. Again, that's more of like a CBT um, type of thing. But again, it's it takes practice. It's not just, you know, it's hard for it to do it. But yeah, I don't know. It's like every time before an event, just going through the list in your head of what you're so scared of and also asking yourself, am I thinking of the worst case scenario right away, right off the bat? I'm already talking about the worst thing that's going to happen. Okay, now I'm going to challenge myself to think of what's the best thing that could happen. And then I'm going to challenge myself and think of what's like a middle ground. Okay, so a few things go wrong. That's life, right? But yeah. is everything going to go wrong? Like that's so negative. That's negative thinking. And reminding myself that like anxiety wants me to immediately go to those negative intrusive thoughts. And majority of the time that won't happen. And so you just have to like really have a conversation in your brain. Yes. Do you remember from last week's episode what the name of those thought errors were? Yeah, the ants. The ants? Automatic negative. Thoughts. Oh, yeah. Automatic negative thoughts. But no, there's a a term I used last week for all those lists of like thought errors that in the CBT world – Sometimes it's helpful to recognize for yourself. They're co- Do you remember what they were called? The cognitive distortions? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a mouthful. Um, but yeah, that's exactly like what you're saying is, you know, catastrophizing and all of that that's coming to your brain automatically tapping into and becoming aware of, you know, what are those thoughts that are so intrusive before this and how can you kind of reframe the way that you're thinking by asking yourself like, okay, is, is this actually true? You know, like because I had a a panic attack or because I was really hot that one day or something happened, um, is that going to happen again? The exact same way today is, you know, is that really truly going to, do you even know? And it's like, no, I don't really know. I don't want it. I didn't like it, but no, like, I don't know if it's going to. So I always ask myself, like, what's the difference of me sitting at home today versus being there? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel safe here. Why Why would it be any less safe there? I always challenge myself with that. I'm like, because I used to, like, go to the store or something and immediately just get super overwhelmed and dizzy and just kind of like an like a weird, uh, almost drunk feeling. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no difference between being in your house and being at that store. You're just overstimulated now and you're overthinking it. 100%. But if you were at home right now, and it's kind of like the same thing with traveling, you would be fine st- spending the next three days at your house, right? 
So why are you so scared to spend the next three days maybe somewhere else? It's because you're somewhere else. Yeah. And you're not in your safe place. And so I always remind myself that I'm like, I would be totally chill being at home right now. Why? What's the difference of being there? It's overstimulation. It's anxiety. It's it's all those things. And so reminding myself that really, really helps uh, just change the narrative, like you said. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Very good tip. Okay. I even use that with the flying too. I'm like, the flight's three hours. You know how easily I spend three hours at home? Right. I know. I always think to myself, okay, that's like a movie, like two short movies. Or yeah, I always think often do you do that on your couch? You just sit on your couch and you don't worry about anything happening to I you? I know. I know. It's so true. I you're just going to magically have that heart attack in the air. You know, I always tell myself that. I'm like, you're just the coincidence of you getting on a flight one time a year. It's going to be the one time of the year that you have the heart attack. You know what I mean? And right, so I'll like, right. challenge myself with that. And then when you really think about it, okay, if statistically that I, my one heart attack happens when I take this one random flight one time a year, then, you know, maybe it's my time. I, I try and like tell myself that I'm like, what are the odds? It's not like yes. I fly every day. I would just be sitting on my couch or at home right now and nothing would be happening to me. It's just that anticipation of what if, what if, what if. Well, I'm so proud of you because that essentially is really the work of CBT is being able to challenge yourself and challenge you have the thoughts. to. You have yeah. to because if you let those thoughts go, they won't stop. Oh, spiral. Spiral until you're panicked. Spiral. Mm-hmm. Until you're that- literally in a panic attack and then you're at a 10 not- and there ain't no coming down from that. No. It is until it hard. passes. Right, right. But it is it takes time. But yes, I I love that. I think that's awesome. Good for you that you you have that down. But again, y'all listening, like it takes practice and it takes takes daily practice to do these things. Like um and to really retrain the way that you think. I mean, and there's some moments that you're going to still feel more anxious than others even if you've been, you know, on this healing journey for gosh, I've been doing it for 15 years. Like when I've actually started recognizing I had anxiety and there's still days I feel very out of control, but I do feel more aware of the thoughts that I have and that the fact that they're, you know, trying to control me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This thought is not true. And here's, here's Mm -hmm. why, you know, in that moment. So I'm really glad that, that that's happening for you. Um, I do want to talk about some common areas of anticipatory anxiety. So just a, a couple different scenarios or situations that you guys listening might be able to relate to when it comes to anticipatory anxiety. So for example, some common areas might include like applying for a new job that could create this type of anxiety. Um, Some type of like athletes or musicians, they might, if they're doing, you know, they'd have performances and stuff that come up. There's a lot. I mean, you might not notice this because when you're at concerts, you see the show or, you know, if you're watching a sport, they just like are playing. But there are a lot of sports players and musicians that have anxiety about performance too. And like the anticipatory anxiety of having to go on stage or having to perform in front of all these people. And it might not look like they do, but there's a lot of famous people that talk about that, honestly. Oh, I and bet. I can yeah. I can see how that would happen. Um, yeah. Going on a date or to a party, I talked about the party thing. And let me just tell you about the date thing because I was single for like my entire life. (laughs) And I always had that. I used to have that so bad. And I feel like that was 
part of a reason why I feel like I maybe was single (laughs) as long as I was. I mean, I just remember feeling so nervous about going on dates and just all of these thoughts in my mind of like, is this going to be the guy? Oh my gosh. Like, what if he thinks this? And like, what if this happens? Oh my gosh. It's just like feeling so nervous. And like, I used to, one thing that used to help me and other people might be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. But I used to always get to the place before he did because for some reason, I didn't want to walk in and have to feel like I'm looking for someone. Like I Hmm. wanted to be there and then he could find me. But I just felt like, okay, I'm at the place early. I can get a seat and then he'll come up and find me. Like that made me, my anxiety go down to do that. Um, and I remember just (laughs) feeling so nervous about that and about what the dating was. And I can totally see how that would be. You're meeting someone new. There's so much pressure with that sometimes, you know what I mean? Like conversation and all that stuff. Um, okay. Uh, joining a club, team or sport. So again, that's like starting something new and joining something new where maybe also there's people that you haven't met yet and stuff. That's another thing. Did you ever get that where – or do you have that now when you're going somewhere where you don't know a lot of people? Hmm. Like what do you mean? Like I'm going to a place where I'm going to be around – like having to talk to people I don't know or like a crowd? Well, like yeah. Yeah, like a party or I don't know joining a it's new been, club team. it's been so long with covid uh no, that's actually <laughs> i can't a good think point. of the last like big party where i haven't where there was people like i didn't really know um or like or but, okay back in the day yeah probably i don't know though because i don't know i guess that's good though Is leading, that not- uh, leading up to it yes but when i got there my my like anxiety compensated as in then it became oh I have to like be entertaining and outgoing perfectionism took over well right so that could be part of anticipatory anxiety though if you're going to like a party or joining a club because I remember having those thoughts before I would even get there yeah you know like like that that would be in my brain and then and then I would get there and yeah, I'd I'd be the person that always was trying to introduce myself and really be engaging and mm-hmm. and have to keep the conversation going and like silence was really awkward for me. Yeah. And so yeah, I would have those thoughts before and even when I was there, just oh my God. Always having and then to feel just like exhausted when you got home. So exhausted. Just feeling like I had to be on all the time. Like I ran a marathon. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm uh I'm closed for business for the next uh seven business days for yeah. 24-7. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I used to have those thoughts before I would go to an event like that. Like not even just parties, but like networking events and like joining different things. You know, I am a social person, but I'd still get really anxious about meeting new people. Um says starting a job you could have anticipatory anxiety preparing for an interview going on vacation which is we mm-hmm. talked about the flight thing but that is definitely connected and then test projects and oral reports so oh my gosh i have uh, this i'm surprised this is on the list anticipatory and such a hard word I know. anxiety about uh 
getting pregnant and not liking it and you can't reverse it or get out of it. You know what I mean? It's just this very, uh, oh my gosh, like what? There's a person in me. It's just, I don't know. I've oh my been gosh. That. No. And you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, that's a topic that I think is so fragile for so many people in our society, you know, like everything is so romanticized with like being a mom and like having kids. And I still think there's something about women that choose not to be, not to have kids that there's still like the stigma, like, why, why don't you want them? Like why, like all this stuff. And so, yeah, I think there's so much about even just choosing to have kids or like, if you do what it's going to be like, and how your life is going to change and how it can actually be scary. Yes, it's a beautiful thing to have a child, but how the reality of it is still very demanding and scary. And like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety is huge right now and real, you know? So it's like, I think that's actually a good one that you brought that yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely want kids. It's more of like just the shot, having to get through the what it, what's what it's going to be like you know it's a change and change is hard for anyone but you like I've always wanted kids you know so I'm always like okay I have to do xyz to get to that point for the child mm -hmm. to be here so it's like it's it's a it's a beautiful journey you have to look at it differently than oh my gosh this is going to be scary and weird things are going to happen to my body it's more of like no it's going to be like so beautiful and worth it and so like looking at the anxiety changing the narrative like you said i mean yeah. i think that's key to every part of anticipatory anxiety is just changing that thought process that the stigma you have around the situation you know like rather than looking at me looking at it as oh it's going to be like scary and weird looking at it as like wow this is a really cool experience that i'm so grateful i get to do because there's so many women who want to be moms and they can't yeah. And so right. it's like, wow, I'm so like blessed. Like I, this, this child, like I will, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just changing the narrative. Right. Well, so there's a couple other tips that they give that I think are really good too, to help with anticipatory anxiety in any situation. So <clears throat> let me just read a couple of them that I think are good. So there's one tip that says when possible, ask family and friends to give you a reasonable amount of warning about upcoming events or like when, you know, something's happened, you know, some, some totally, type of yeah. um, event or situation. Um, it also says receiving too much notice can contribute to extra time to focus on your fears, re resulting in your being a quivering mess once the event finally arrives. But ensure people don't spring the news on you an hour before go time. So basically yeah. like, yeah, see to people, this is the amount of time. Can you tell me about this maybe a day or two before? You know, like, let me know if you know more information about the party or about the event or the, um, you know, the club or whatever's happening. You know, can you give me more information about it just so I know, like, when does it start? Is there stuff that, you know, different things are celebrating going on during the during it? You know, getting more information, I think, is good and getting getting to know when it is or more about it beforehand, I think is, is good. Maybe not, you know, too much before, like they said, because <laughs> you don't want to ruminate. Um, okay. And then this is one that I actually said, focus on the positive and fun aspects of the pending event. 
Recognize that worry can lead you only to focus on the scary aspects, but remind yourself of the positive aspects as well. Try and find a balance. We talked about that. Yes. Uh, Another one that we talk about so much on this podcast is remind yourself that the physical sensations you feel when anxious are harmless. The sensations are the body's protective mechanism to manage danger. However, the system has experienced a false alarm as there is no danger. Absolutely. So (laughs) hard to remember in the moment when like you're in the middle of a panic attack, but if you're someone who is becoming more aware of the clues, like you're playing detective and maybe you're at like a two or a three on the scale and you're feeling okay and you're becoming more aware that you're becoming more anxious and maybe you're having some physical symptoms, but you can practice the strategies and the tools to remain balanced and like regulate your nervous system that's going to keep you from going full-blown panic. Mm-hmm. So like really recognize – and that's that's one of the things I love about my book is that I think I talked about the rating scale last week that I provide. And it's uh, an anxiety healing rating scale about, you know, at what point do you want to co- go get, you know, some support and if you're getting above a five or a six or a seven. Um, but I also have a parallel – rating scale on the page right next to it. And it's the anxiety healing toolkit scale. So if you're at a certain number, what are the tools that that are good to practice? How many tools? Like what are the ones out of your toolkit that might be the most helpful for you when you're at a certain number? So it's like a parallel scale that really can can help you understand that when you're at a certain level what's what's good for you to self-soothe like what what is it like what are those tools so um i love i love that they put that in there because that panic panic attacks is really our brain trying to make us believe that we're in danger and that something horrible is happening but the reality of it is that we are safe and that we're okay where we are um and then, yeah, so so that's really some of the tips that, that look good. And obviously, if you guys are experiencing anticipatory anxiety on a level that's really debilitating where you're losing sleep or, you know, you can't leave your house or you're really, really isolating yourself or something's happening, definitely reach out for some professional help. And um, hopefully you can find someone to talk to professionally, like counselor or therapist to talk about it. That's really important, too. Um, but yeah, anything else that you want to add, Taylor? Cause that's really all I got. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. I hope you guys can take a couple of those tools into retraining the narrative the next time you feel anticipatory anxiety coming on. Exactly. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.